Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Julia, Amanda's upstate leaf peeping on vacation, and I'm super happy for her. And this is episode 252, Your Urban Legends 55. Yes, 55, and it's the urban legends from Spooky Month, so you know it's gonna be good. And it is not the only urban legends we release. Every month we get a new urban legends episode just for our patrons on Patreon. So if you want more Urban Legends episodes, you should sign up for our Patreon. It is super fun. We have a lot of cool content for you, including recipe cards for every episode and those bonus monthly Urban Legends episodes. And you can join the ranks of our supporting producer level patrons like Alicia, Allison, Brian, Deborah, Hannah, Jack Marie, Jane, Jessica Stewart, Nieselkins, Megan Linger, Megan Moon, Phil Fresh, Captain Jonathan, Malachi Cosmos, Sarah, Scott, and Zazie. And if you have a little bit more money to throw towards us each month, if you're feeling generous, especially in these times of the spookiest season, you can become a legend level patron like Audra, Clara, Drew, Jay Bay, Key, Lexus, Mary, Morgan, Morgan H, Mother of Vikings, Sarah, and Be It Me Up Scotty. You all are so wonderful and we do this show because we have support from people like you. I mentioned before, in case you don't know, it is spooky season now. And it has been spooky season in my mind for a while, but I've been really getting into it ever since October started. And my husband and I just started and are about halfway through the series on Netflix, Midnight Mass. And oh my God, y'all, this is my recommendation for you this week. Go check it out. We've marathoned through four episodes at this point, and it is blowing my mind. I love the aesthetic. I love the vibe. It is just chef's kiss. And speaking of chef's kiss and mysteries and all of that good stuff, have you checked out Meddling Adults yet? It is a whodunit game show for charity that is hosted by our friend Mike Schubert. Every week, two guests go head-to-head in a contest of solving children's mysteries, such as classics like Encyclopedia Brown or Scooby-Doo, which are my favorite episodes of all time. And points are awarded for correct guesses. He gives bonus points for giving absurd accusations. And the winner earns money for a charity of their choosing. So you can play along with the show to test your own sleuthing prowess, see if you could join the mystery gang, and you can outsmart those fictional crooks and crack the cases. So search for Meddling Adults wherever you listen to podcasts or visit meddlingadults.com. And I think that's it. Let's get into this episode and you guys can enjoy the beginnings of October, the spookiest month out of the year. So please enjoy episode 252, Your Urban Legends 55. I have a question for both of you. Okay. Uh Interesting. Where's the spookiest place I could get lunch from today? Ooh. Ooh. What's what's like the spookiest type of thing? We've got treehouse provisions. Mm -hmm. Or... Beardens. Okay. <laughs> I don't have any spooky names, so I'm just saying them as if Dracula was speaking. Yeah, but like obviously. what what like we we know that pasta is the spookiest food. It's the most haunted food. Of course. We've established mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But like if I'm just looking for like a somewhat spooky midday meal, where where should I order from on my non-sponsored app of choice? So my immediate assumption is Go for the most meat-centric meal possible. I am not a vegan. I am not vegetarian. But extremely haunted if you are eating the flesh of animals. 
So you're suggesting maybe some Ohio City barbecue. Ooh, yes. Into that. Ooh, barbecue. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of a haunted location, because even though mm. you're not going to it, if it's being delivered to you, it's coming yes. from there. And so right. we have lots of culinary gems and strip malls. So that's that's not spooky to me. But mm -hmm. my first thought yeah. was food court in an abandoned mall. Now, you might say, Amanda, if the mall's abandoned, by definition, there wouldn't be a food court there now, would there? But I think a mall food court period, pretty scary, particularly in these times, TM. So that's that's one idea. I will say, Amanda, I have been craving like mall food court teriyaki chicken that they hand out as samples. Yeah. And oh boy, was that a ghost telling me to go to a haunted mall and get teriyaki? teriyaki chicken maybe who can say possibly but alternatively i think you should then eric choose um if you cannot access a mall food court right now go for the most predictable chain lunch possible mm. because i think the consistency with which fast food chains deliver us the exact same experience all over the country nay the world uh pretty damn spooky so i'd say like a subway sandwich i like that amanda suggests that consistency is scary it is it's like, damn, I have the same Subway sandwich in Seattle as I do in Florida. And wow. The, the thing that's currently that the closest thing to a chain that I'm seeing on the app is a Papa John's, which does has the Papa Diaz, which is the most haunted food thing that's ever been created, I think. Because what even what is, is that? that? It's like a yeah, quesadilla. Oh, it's a quesadilla pizza. <gasps> oh, but like, I mean, that that is just haunted in general. I mean, the other option is just not a spooky option, but just a spirit centric option. Go Buddha meals because you got kind of like a, a spiritual mm. presence there with go Buddha meals. Mm, mm, mm. Can't go wrong with that. Well, I will I will figure this out as we record and I'll <laughs> Fair uh, be eating uh, sometime after. We're done with this episode. Not into the microphone. Not definitely not into the not into the microphone. Of course not. Well, as we kind of like wet your appetite, guys, do you want just like maybe the most hauntings per square word of any email we've ever received? Oh, hell yeah. Of course we do. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, great. This is like... This is like an ice bath, you know what I mean? This is like a plunge pool of, of haunting. And I felt like it was a good thing to just like shake us up and get us ready for a new episode. This one is titled, Not Safe For, well, anyone really. Mm. And it comes from Richard. This is a story from near my hometown of what's known as the most haunted house and the most violent haunting in Europe. It's been the subject of innumerable paranormal investigations, both professional and amateur, as well as the basis for a film in 2012 called When the Lights Went Out. In 1966, an unassuming family moved into their new home at number 30 East Drive, Pontefract, Yorkshire. Just the mention of the address should be enough to put off those in the know from hearing any more. Within days, strange events started to happen in the house with fine clouds of dust appearing in thin air with no visible source. While trying to clean up these mysterious piles of dust, one family member slipped in a pool of water that had appeared in the kitchen. All efforts to mop up the puddle proved impossible, as more and more puddles would appear. Mm. Now... Uh, Eric, you're a homeowner, uh, particularly for a tiled kitchen. Yes. Is a mysterious and replicating puddle a problem that you budgeted for? Oh, we didn't budget for it. No, we're not prepared. The The issue is, though, why are you not finding the source of where the puddle is coming from? This is my concern. Like, you're like, oh, we just keep trying to clean up the puddle, but not fix the source of the problem. Well, Julia, the next line is, over the next several years, the family were subjected to a barrage several of poltergeist years. activity. Yep. Uh, and it was centered almost exclusively on the eldest daughter. As an eldest daughter myself, uh, not good. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Tops would ooze strange colored foam even when the water supply was switched off. At this point, you got to call like your local government or something because there's something wrong here. Call the council. Yeah, that, that just screams of like 
pipe problems. Like, doesn't rust bubble? That sounds yeah. bad. Get a building inspector, have them come to your home, have them tell you what's up, and figure something out because several years of this is not okay. Storage containers in the kitchen would inexplicably be emptied with their contents thrown across the kitchen. Lights all around the house would flicker on and off, again, even when the main supply was cut off. Plants thrown from their pots, cupboards, would shake violently and slam open and closed. Family pictures were slashed while secured inside their frames and behind glass. This is bad. A myriad of objects would be seen to hover and fly across the room, including a heavy oak sideboard. Both the family's daughters reported seeing ghostly figures in their rooms at night, but it was the appearance of a spectral monk in medieval garb appearing to the eldest daughter that presaged the most violent activity. We have another spectral monk. Another one. And this one is not a teen trying to get some quality time with his GF. No, not this time. In an effort to regain some normality, the family brought in a local priest to perform an exorcism. This was met with scorn by the resident spirits. During the multiple attempts to clear the house of activity, people were slapped by unseen hands, the walls seeped water, and several people were shoved forcibly down the stairs, resulting in minor injuries. As the eldest daughter approached adulthood, the activity and violence escalated again, with thrown objects hitting family members with greater and greater force. The final straw came when a sizable grandfather clock was thrown from the landing down the stairs. When confronting the poltergeist over this, the eldest daughter had her hair pulled violently and was dragged by the hair to the top of the stairs. The family fled the home and it was sold not long after. Is this The Conjuring? This feels like The Conjuring. It does feel like The Conjuring. Mm. Subsequent owners have sold the property in very short order, none staying very long until it came into the hands of the current owners. Because at present, the house lies empty and the doors padlocked at all times. Many paranormal investigators have visited the house over the years to make contact with the poltergeist and all reported similar activity. Investigators have been pelted with objects, doors slam open and closed, and even a kitchen knife ended up embedded in the sofa at one point. Cool. One recent investigation caught an apparition in the downstairs hallway when the entire small crew were upstairs and accounted for on camera. Mm -mm, mm -mm. To this day, 30 East Drive remains active and shows no sign of slowing down. I just wish I'd known all of this before buying a house literally down the road. Okay, well, at least it's not your house. Yeah, I mean, I would think that your house has a below average chance of being haunted because it seems like if a poltergeist were to like show up in, in the neighborhood, I mean, you gotta go where the party's at, right? Yeah, but unless it like takes time for the other spirits who are like vortexing around this poltergeist to show up. So you might get like residual hauntings like on their way there. It's sure possible. Or if there's a real kind of like keeping up with the Joneses situation, other poltergeists could kind of like take over other houses and be like, hey, I gotta get 32 East Drive on the map. Mm, mm, mm. Expand the franchise. So, I mean, if, if we're presuming that my house is haunted. We are. It is. We're that that we're presuming that the houses immediately next to my, mine are the most likely to also be haunted, and like as as it radiates out. I yeah, I think there is maybe the opportunity for residual spreading of the haunting. Mm, okay. Yeah, okay. a real Halloween town situation where like all you need is one person with a pumpkin head to bring everybody else who needs a safe place to stay, you know, into the same zone. Right, of course. Or it's literally the poltergeist, which is about a, you know, house development that was built over a cemetery and bad things happen there. Don't think that's what happened here. Well, it shouldn't only happen to that one house. It should happen to mm. all of the houses. Well, I haven't seen anything haunted in any of the other nearby houses, so... As of right now, I guess it's just, it's fully contained in, in here. 
they're probably just like not telling you about it because they don't want to drive down the the property values of the the neighborhood. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. In the in in this housing market, ain't nothing driving down those prices. That's true. That's true. But still. Well, that was my little uh, amuse bouche for us. I love it. I have an email from Wyveth, and she writes, "My boyfriend almost became a victim of the Aswang." Oh Ooh. boy. Loving that almost. She writes, Hey, Amanda, Eric, and Julia, it's me again, Viveth. I was so pumped when you read my last email and decided, hey, why not send another one? Following the theme of my previous email, this is another story about college kids just making bad decisions, but this time completely sober with alcohol only as a surprise tool that helped us later on, which is very funny. This also talks about what we call the yangua or the infection that transforms a human into an aswang. So. Ooh, deeper Aswang lore than ever before. I know. I love a good Aswang lore. If I'm remembering correctly, this was the person who sent us the email about the drunk kids in the like cabin or shack. The rental house. Yeah, Where yeah. something tried to mm. break in. Ooh, oh, yeah. Boy, here we go. To provide a little background, I lived in a small city when I was in college, and this city was located in a region of the Philippines that is known for being a hot spot for Aswangs. I had heard various stories about people turning into monsters through the process of Yangwa, but never really thought it could happen, especially when you live in a bustling city. This happened nearing the end of our junior year after the sanctuary incident, as you may recall. <laughs> and for our final project, we were tasked to design and produce an original statement furniture piece. That sounds very cool. I don't know what you majored in, but making furniture as your final project, extremely cool. That sounds like a BBC show that I would watch on HBO Max. Yeah, absolutely. I grouped with my friend from the Sanctuary Story and my now boyfriend to create this piece, and that was our first bad decision. Why? <laughs> because we were a bunch of cheapskates and decided to design a large woven daybed and weave it ourselves to cut cost. That makes sense. I get that. We gathered at my house's carport along with the bed's metal frame and hundreds of meters of rope and started weaving. We weaved until nightfall just talking and listening to music to keep us entertained. Then it happened. My boyfriend, out of nowhere, asked, Is it raining? I stuck my hand out onto the part to where he was sitting that wasn't covered by the roof and felt nothing. I thought it was weird that he asked since the weather was really good that day and there was no sign of rain at all. No, I don't think so, I said, still waiting for a raindrop to land on my palm. I swear it's raining. I felt a drop on my shoulder just now, he said, clearly creeped out. That's when I saw the small wet stain on his gray shirt and I tilted my head slightly upward and saw a long trickle of what seemed like saliva coming from the roof above us. What? Knowing about the concept of the yangwa, I then calmly told both of my friends not to look up or to tilt their head sideways and asked both of them to move the frame near our door while I dragged the yards of rope that we had laid out as fast as I could. Right after we did this, the tree in our front yard and the tree behind the house started shaking alternately as if something was jumping from tree to tree. What the fuck? At the same time, the water pump on the empty house next door started pumping on its own. Though we couldn't see it, who would be pumping water at 2 a.m. in an empty house? This naturally scared the living shit out of us, so we abandoned our project and ran inside. A smart move. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Every time you guys make a smart move, I'm here for it. I also, I'm just kind of picturing the like intensity with which you'd have to make eye contact with your friend and be like, don't tilt your head up. Like that is so hard not to do. You're like, don't look up. Come this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
take the thing, we're gonna leave. We told our group of friends about it the next day and one told us to bring a bottle of dark liquor with us so it would leave us alone. We did as they said that night and when the clock struck three, there was a sudden gust of hair-raising wind and the tree began to move as if something heavy landed on it. We immediately took the cheap bottle of brandy out of the bag and placed it in front of us like a not so subtle ad placement. And after a few minutes, we saw the tree physically go back to its original shape like whatever was on it had left. After that, nothing scary came to bother us while we were making our furniture piece anymore. Now, the word yangua actually means an infection of some sort. And from what I've learned through the stories of friends and old folks, this infection turns you into an aswang through their saliva entering your mouth or ear cavity. <sighs> Ooh, so gross. After being infected, you become severely ill and slowly lose your taste for regular food and become hungry for flesh and blood, transforming you into the kind of a swang that infected you. In other stories, the aswang can actually pass this to a victim so they become a normal human being instead. Though I'm not really sure where my friends got the advice using dark liquor as a substitute for holy water, but hey, it worked. Can't hurt. Can't hurt. Can't hurt. Maybe it was a, you know, they drink it and now they're not concerned with eating you anymore or transforming you. Mm -hmm. We're all alive and as well as we can be in these times. And we're interior designers now. So this event, as traumatic as it was, is just a story for us to scare our future kids with. Thanks for taking the time to read this. Hope you guys are safe and well. Julia, are you in a swung? <laughs> Who can say? You dislike dark liquors that's true i think the dark liquor is more of an offering <laughs> mm, oh an offering okay mm. it seemed like it was like a like a deterrent i i was i was taking it but i see so so maybe i'm the aswang then perhaps i if think it's an offering it, in my mind if it was more of a deterrent i feel like they would have like poured it out in like a circle like a salt circle or like mm, spritz mm. things with it like you would with holy water julia does love meat though i do that's true is meat mm. liquor no. Or is mead like a third thing? So mead is a honey wine. I think Amanda said meat, though. But I do love both of those things. Oh. <laughs> I, I did say meat. 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 Mostly, I am concerned for the lovely interior designers in this email and would prefer for them to maybe fix their sleep schedule. I certainly understand the pressure of, uh, of being a college kid and needing to get stuff done, you know, before a deadline. But, you know, things are happening here in the sort of uh, witching hours, not of Eric's dogs, but of, uh, you know, general kind of supernatural fuckery mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah well i've got a uh, few tales from lore and one of them which i'll be reading after our refill is about a haunted restaurant which is why i was a little hungry at the start of this episode oh there we go i like that it explains it they write hello first off i love this podcast and you all I recently restarted the podcast because I found it in late 2019, and well, we all know how 2020 went. I want to share with you some stories I have as I go back through the episodes. I just finished Urban Legends 11, where you asked listeners to send in haunted restaurant stories, especially if they happen in ice cream shops. It was so long ago. Like, such a, such a long time ago. This is 45. That was so long ago. This, no, this is 55. Is it 55? It's oh, 55. yes, it is. This is 55. Yes. Woof. So this is... Almost 50 episodes ago, they, they, they were listening to 50 Urban Legend episodes ago. Wow. I currently work in an ice cream shop and have two other stories that coincide with other episodes. A little bit of background. I grew up in Lost City, which already very spooky. Cool name. It's just called Lost City. 
which is 15 miles west of Taliqua, Oklahoma, the capital of the Cherokee Nation. There is a generally creepy vibe to the little old town. If it can even be called that, it's extremely tiny. Many ghost stories are told regularly and growing up with that and my family being Cherokee, my sense of spirituality is pretty open. I also consider myself an empath of both human and ghostly emotions, so much so that my fiance refuses to look at new apartments or anything by himself. <laughs> Story number one, deer lady, like the, like the animal, the mm -hmm. deer. I cannot say that this is 100% the way the Cherokee people tell this, but it is the way that it was explained to me by my grandmother. The dear lady is a sort of boogeyman to unfaithful men, but also to disobedient children, and she appeared to me when I was young. Where I live, kids often roam the woods near 14 Mile Creek, where we were expected to be back by nightfall. I was maybe seven years old, and I went off to an area near the creek. I wasn't supposed to be in, and this part was unusually deep. Mm-mm. No, no. I love that it never occurred to me as a kid that like there's probably a reason my parents made a rule about this. I'd be like, oh, it's so bullshit. I want to go, you know, here after dark. I want to play manhunt with the kids. But yeah, there's probably a reason. Manhunt. Oh, oh, man. man. I can go Flashbacks. for a game of manhunt <laughs> so bad. Next time we hang out, guys, let's I'll play a game of manhunt. I never did. I was never allowed. I've never done it. Oh, oh Amanda, man. no. Yeah, it's just hide and seek in the dark. Yeah. Oh, oh that, that really demystifies it a lot. But yeah. There's also ghosts in the graveyard. Oh, I don't know that one. I don't remember the exact rules. One person hides and you're looking for them and they're the ghosts in the graveyard. But then it becomes like a game of tag at some point. Like once one person finds the ghost, the ghost can like come out of hiding and start tagging people. And then I think the last person that isn't tagged wins because all the other people become ghosts. The final nice. girl. Got it. It's basically yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's, it's basically that or like zombie mode in Halo or mm. anything like that. Yeah. Right Interesting. On. I wanted to play in the creek, but while I could swim, I wasn't the best at it. As I was about to go into the creek, I heard a crack of twigs. I turned around and saw one of the most beautiful women I had ever seen. As per the rules of stranger danger, I started to run away back home because I didn't know this person. Well, I slipped on some mossy rocks and into the creek. That's not good. This is mm. bad. Well, they, they lived. Don't <laughs> well, you yes, worry. I, I feel that <laughs> since they sent us an email. I said that more aggressively than I wanted to. It's like, wow, Eric. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I understand the concept of stranger danger, despite the fact that, like, statistically, children are more likely to get kidnapped by members of their immediate family. I understand the concept of stranger danger. I don't think my immediate assumption would be there's a person in these woods with me. I have to run away. Just be like, don't talk to that person. Just stay away from them. But you don't have to like sprint and fall into a, a river. I don't know. Someone in the woods. Someone in the woods I'm running. Apparently she's beautiful. This is a seven-year-old. Yeah. So I, I do give the seven-year-old credit for not being like, hey, you're my new best friend. Yeah. I guess I guess there was a middle ground where Julia's picking <laughs> the middle ground between between Laura's decision and, and what, what Julia would do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't remember much, but I remember being tugged out of the water by a deer. The woman had disappeared. That deer then walked with me all the way home. What? My mom saw this deer on the edge of our clearing. My grandmother told me that it must have been the deer lady that brought me home. Damn. Imagine. 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 Imagine your child comes home mm -hmm. soaking wet. Yep. With a deer next to them. Yep. Just just walking, walking alongside. Imagine being a child and falling into a creek and then you're pulled out of that creek by that deer and then the deer doesn't run away. It just kind of escorts you home. Yeah. I mean, I would think I was the chosen child of the forest for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Yeah. 
All yeah. of my childhood fantasies would be coming true in that moment. And clearly yeah. I am the chosen one now. <laughs> well, before we do any more stories from lore, I think we should uh, get a refill to get ready for that haunted restaurant store we've got coming up. Ooh, let's do it. Hey, friends. Did you know that you're a human being? And because you're a human being, you were born to create. You want to learn. You want to express yourself. You want to discover what you can make right now. And I have been doing just that by taking a really, really cool class at Skillshare. It's called Concept Art Drawing Imaginary Worlds with Ira Marks. And I just love being able to create. There's something really special about feeling like I've made something just with my own brain because our brains are so cool and our brains are designed to create cool things. And Skillshare is there to remind me and hone those skills of how cool and great I am at creating. With Skillshare's short classes, you can move your creative journey forward just like I did taking this class and you can explore your creativity at Skillshare.com spirits where our listeners get one month free trial of their premium membership. That's one month for free at Skillshare.com spirits. Time to keep learning. No one's stopping you. Recently, I had to do a little bit of traveling, not for the best reasons, but I was a little bit more anxious than I usually am when it comes to getting on an airplane for obvious reasons. But one thing that I was able to do was once I settled down in my seat, I was able to put my headphones on and I opened up my Calm app. And something about opening up Calm just instantly kind of floods my body with relief. And if you haven't heard of Calm before, you probably have, but they are the number one mental wellness app and they give you the tools that you need to improve the way that you feel. You can clear your head with guided meditations, you can improve your focus with their curated music tracks, or you can drift off to dreamland with their imaginative sleep stories. They're wonderful and even on an airplane, very calming. And over 1 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds, to sleep more, to stress less, to live better with Calm. And for listeners of this show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash spirits. Go to calm.com slash spirits for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash spirits. And finally, I want to tell you about a new show from Realm. This is a show that I think the title alone is probably going to grab some of your attention, but it's called If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It. And it stars Oscar-nominated actress Gabourey Sidibe. So it's all about this Black writer who goes missing and a white podcast host with a savior complex who takes up the cause of finding her only to collide with a coven of influencers she suspects might be responsible. It seems like such a fun, cool show. I have it on my downloads right now, ready to listen to it when I finish recording this. But if you like dark satire, if you like comedies, if you like thrillers, if you like the paranormal, which we know you do because you're listening to this podcast, go check it out. You can learn more about If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It at realm.fm and be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out. I think it's going to be fun. And now, let's get back to the show. So recently, I discovered a new distillery on Long Island, which I love a good brewery, but sometimes I want cocktails instead of just beer or flights of beer at a brewery. So 
I went to this past weekend, the Better Man Distilling Company in Patchogue. And oh my goodness, what good cocktails. And they changed them monthly, which is also great. But I had a Bob Marley inspired cocktail that was Ooh. out of this world that had like scotch bonnet syrup in it. And it was mwah, delicious. So good. I had a uh, beer from Sibling Revelry recently uh they have a new peach beer that is uh just quite quite nice and refreshing and i've had it out on the patio a few times with some friends and it's uh quite quite good i love that name that's a great brewery sibling name. revelry i would have trouble saying it every time but it's <laughs> it's very fun and i went over to greenpoint beer and ale company which is one of our more local breweries we're spoiled for choice here and they have an oktoberfest beer it is finally that time of year where apples are at the farmers market and oktoberfest is on the taps uh, and i was very happy they served it in like a taller glass than normal so i really got to channel those vibes while i was uh you know sitting on the on the roof uh, under an umbrella in very warm still weather i'm like willing fall to come you know we probably got another month until fall comes at this point it'll probably be fall when this episode comes out. So like mm, fall vibes. I'm trying my best over here. Can't wait for some more fall stuff. Very excited. But let's uh fall back <laughs> into this story <laughs> from Lore. As long as we don't fall into the creek. Yeah, don't fall in the creek. Fall into a good book at your local <laughs> library this fall. You wow. say that like I wouldn't buy a poster with that phrase if I saw it. That should be our next merch item. It's like the classic library, full-size posters of us cracking open a book in Spirits here. I love that. Though, you know, first we got to sell the posters we do have. So guys, spiritspodcast.com slash merch. Get those haunted national park posters. They're my favorite thing Very in the good. world. Very good. This is the story about a haunted restaurant from Lore. Here we go. Heck yeah. This story is what made me want to start writing into the podcast. You had asked for spooky stories, and I have some. I've only had two jobs where I thought they were haunted. One of them was an old Dollar General, and the most recent one is where I work now, at Baskin Robbins. There you go. Change. Consistency. Yep. What am I telling you? I don't think I'm going to get lunch from Baskin Robbins. It's <laughs> not the, the healthiest lunch. Just... Two scoops of ice cream. When I first started, there were only six employees and they were all girls. Very common at ice cream shops. What's up with that? Mm -hmm. I feel like ice cream shops are almost entirely staffed by girls between the ages of 14 and 17. I feel like it's a good first job for people to have. And yeah. also like, I don't, I don't know. Boys are out there cutting grass. <laughs> and girls are out there scooping ice cream. Yeah, they're in the air conditioning during the summer because they're smart. The two genders, grass cutter and ice cream scooper. <laughs> the girls before me had named this ghost Fred Jr. or just Jr. because a creepy guy named Fred always goes into the restaurant next and harasses the wait staff there. Oh, good. Oh, good. That's the energy we want to bring for that ghost. My first shifts were night shifts and I never picked up any weird energy. So I thought I was going through the new employee hazing. It wasn't until I had my first opening shift that I realized these ghostly situations were only happening in the morning and was often gone by 11 a.m. This is an important time and one I kind of find hilarious. Interesting. Normally we get hauntings and it's like 3 a.m. is when the ghosts come out. Yeah. The witching hour, etc. You don't really get ghosts during rush hour. I'm here for it though. Early to death, early to rise <laughs> makes a ghost dead, healthy, <laughs> and, and wise. wise. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. On my first open, I was in the freezer getting the last tubs of ice cream. I needed to restock our display cases when the back of my thigh was touched. Mm -mm. Yes, in this creepy, non-consensual, almost my ass kind of way. Mm -mm. I dropped those tubs and left them in the freezer until someone else showed up at noon. Every day for three months straight, something would happen on the morning shift. If it was in the office, I could hear toilet paper rolls turn in the men's room. What? Yeah, quite loud. And the bathroom doors can be heard opening and closing despite no one but me being in the store. Hey, hey, Fred, Fred, you're dead. You don't have to pee anymore. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to. You're making a choice here at this point. Something once pulled my mop hose out of the mop sink and flooded the back room. Sometimes I would hear my dead name being called from another part of the store. What? Rude. Rude ghost. Rude. Rude. Just a very, a very intense ghost. It was always something going on and would always stop at 11 a.m. on the dot. Weird energy just vanishing. Then one day, one of the guys who worked next door came over to borrow a mop because they had a spill and their mop broke. That's <laughs> just, we have one mop and it's broken. I mean, that's a great way to get out of mopping duty, though. Yeah. It is. It is. Oh no, the mop, it's broken in half. Definitely not by my knee. As a kid, I definitely tried to get out of vacuuming by saying I don't know how, and my parents just mm. laughed in my face. <laughs> a classic I don't know how. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> well, then we'll teach you. Yeah. Mm -mm. Figure it out. Figure it out, kid. Back and forth. We started talking and got to the subject of the weird stuff, and he mentioned that they always had spooky stuff going on. It was then that I made the hilarious connection. Their restaurant opened at 11 a.m. Ooh. Best part, the restaurant is a pizzeria. Ghosts do love their Italian food. It's true. So true. It's true. So I love that he's just like bothering the Baskin Robbins employees until the restaurant next door opens. Yeah. Like the ghost just goes over there and, and has to haunt the pizza now. Yeah. So those are our two stories from Lore. What do you, what do you guys have to, to round out the episode? I have a quick short one about old lady ghost hunters. Would you like to hear about that? You know I would. Now, I do, but I want, I, I guess we'll find out in the story. Are these old lady ghost hunters or old lady ghost hunters? They're old lady ghost hunters. Yeah. Great. So this is from Will, and he writes, This isn't a story about me, but I thought it still needed to be shared with you wonderful people. I heard it from one of my neighbors, and it still gives me chills whenever I think about it. I hope you get just as spooked as I did. So my neighbor has a really weird mom with some really weird friends. They're all around 60 or so, and one of their favorite things to do is go ghost hunting. Yes. Yes. This is me in, in a good, oh no, I have to do math about my own age, a, a good like 30 something years. Yeah. To get the picture right in your head, just imagine a group of five to six old grandmas wandering around a graveyard or abandoned building in search of the supernatural. Who knows? Maybe they just all have a death wish. Also, 60 or so, not grandma age. My parents are getting to around 60 and they're not like grandma age yet, in my opinion. I mean, my my parents are both in their early 60s and grandparents. Okay, that's fair. So, But I'm picturing like my grandparents age as an adult. Yeah. So uh, like gotcha, 75, gotcha. 85 range. You can become a grandparent quite, quite young in life. That's true. That's true. That's why my grandparents are still alive because they became parents and then grandparents at very young ages. Anyway. 
From what I've heard, this book club gone supernatural is actually surprisingly good at finding what they're looking for, especially ghosts. One time, after wandering around in a graveyard at about twilight for a good hour, they decided it was a good idea to call to the ghosts and see if there was anything there. So, setting up a few candles for atmosphere, and as all good ghost hunters do, making sure they were recording everything, they set a pencil on top of a picnic table and called, If anyone is there, move this pencil to show us you're here. I love this, guys. I love every moment of this. I need mm -hmm. a mini-series about this. I'm just, I'm living. I'm all about this. Can we write this? I want this yeah. to be a thing. Oh, I love it. As they all watched, the pencil slowly rolled off the table and fell to the ground. Not actually having expected anything to happen, they stared at the pencil for a second, no one making a move to pick it up. That's when one of the old ladies said, oh, it was probably just the wind, which broke the tension. Good, mm -hmm. old ladies denying the possibility of the supernatural, despite the fact that you're ghost hunters and going to a graveyard at twilight to ask if the spirits are there. I mean, it's one thing to say, hey guys, what if we went to a graveyard at twilight? Quite another to see some, you know, evidence of things that you perhaps did not fully expect to see. Sure, sure. After laughing it off, they cleaned up their things and went back to the car where they pulled out the recording of what had happened to watch it again. I would like to point out at this point that they're still sitting in the middle of a graveyard right after the sun has set. In their car, though, at least. They were all still laughing and in a good mood until it got to the part where one of the grandmas suggested it was just the wind. Amidst all the laughing, clear as day, they heard a voice saying, heh heh, they think it was the wind. No. Uh. Incorrect. <laughs> that's not what happened next because that's too much. The car immediately falls completely silent and my neighbor's mom starts the car and drives out of the graveyard as fast as possible. While I haven't heard the tape myself, my neighbor has told me she's heard it and I haven't known her to lie yet. All I can say is, I kind of wish my mom was a crazy ghost hunter too. Stay creepy, stay cool, Will. I love these women. I love their energy. I love their spirit. I want to be them. No notes. I want to know how this group of women kind of came together. Like, did yeah. it start as a book club and they read some like spooky ghost story or supernatural book and they were all like, but what if we did this? Oh, yeah. No. Who was the first one to be like, no, but ladies, like, what What if? <laughs> what if, though? <laughs> Who organized the first trip? Yeah. I feel like one of them was trying to solve a crime First, I feel like old ladies love solving a crime. Yes, yeah. if you learned anything from murder, she, she wrote. wrote. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe one of one of their relatives had been murdered or something like that, or they were just like too nosy in in the local goings on. We're like, we're gonna figure it out, uh, and then it kind of just they they weren't able to solve it, or maybe the ghosts did it, and they're still on the case. Who knows? It's possible. Incredible. Oh, I feel so I feel so energized by the fact of this. I love these women so much. I want to be them. It should go without saying, but if anyone else's parent or grandparent is in a senior ghost hunting association, we would love to hear about it. I need to know yeah. about it immediately. Yeah. Well, guys, I just wanted to stick on the same track and give you uh, another fun kind of German spirit, this time to do with the forest, though. So a little bit of a tie-in from our, our earlier myths. This one comes from Dominic or Dom, they, them, and it's titled My Neolithic Ghost Slash Forest Guard. Okay. I will be assuming this story is from Dominic Toretto of the Fast and Furious series. I love that non-binary Dominic Toretto. Yep. This is a local legend in the small village that a big part of my family lives in. The Bone Man, or in German, the Nockenman. 
Ooh, so I'm getting real big flashbacks back to Rawhide. Exactly. What was the original one? I don't know. I've, I I immediately thought of Smoky Bones, which is which this... was the bad restaurant outside of the hotel we stayed at for your wedding, Julia. <laughs> Bloody, bones. Bloody, Bloody Bones. Bloody Bones. Bloody Bones. Not Smoky Bones. Not the bones. restaurant. <laughs> I love a bone pun in, in a myth. I can't, we can't resist. Julia, one day you should take a ride over to that Smoky Bones since it's in your neck of the woods because you weren't able to experience it during your wedding week. You know, to be quite honest, Jake and I were driving out east to visit his cousin the other day, and we were on the major road that passed the hotel that we stayed at for my wedding. And I was like, oh, that's the hotel we stayed at. And Jake's like, how do you know that? Like, we're just on the middle of a highway. I was like, because they had a sign for Smoky Bones. And he's like, they had a sign for what? <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to tell you that Smoky Bones is the thing that all of my friends remember from my wedding. We remember a lot of other things, but Smoky <laughs> Bones is the easiest thing to say and laugh it's about. It's true. It's true. I will say Smoky Bones is the most heteronormative restaurant in existence. Yes. And that does that does beat out Hooters. That's impressive. Because because plenty of women could appreciate Hooters. And do. But there is something extremely male about Smoky Boats. Real yeah. mask. Something yeah. about it, real mask. Mm-hmm. Well, the, back, back, to, back to the Naka Man, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> so the Naka Man is said to roam the local forests and is often seen on old hiking tracks on full moon nights with a small bag, sometimes full, sometimes empty, but always making a rattling sound. How is it making a rattling sound if it's empty? Explain it to me. Magic? He is covered in animal bone, and the only non-bone thing he wears is a deerskin <laughs> on his shoulders. I'm sorry, you have to say it again because Eric started laughing and I didn't hear what he said. For those in the back, he is covered in animal bone and the only non-bone thing he wears is a deerskin on his shoulders. Gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. If you're near him, you can hear the bone outfit rattling. And when you do hear him, you have to say, bone man, bone man, please go ahead of us. We won't cross your way. If you don't, he makes you get lost in the woods, but only so much that you have to spend the night in the forest. In the morning, you always find your way back home. That's pretty lost. That's a pretty significant amount of loss. Like you have to spend the night in the woods is I would not say only a little lost. Yeah, there's still the opportunity to die of exposure in the middle of the night if you have to spend the night in the woods and you're unprepared. Also, that is the most German bullshit ever where it's like he makes you get lost in the woods. You're like, yeah, of course he does. Of course he does. What else? My great uncle once told me the story of the Bone Man while I was visiting him in the village. The Bone Man is a shaman of an old tribe of people that lived in the place where the village is now. He was respected among other members of the tribe, could read the will of the gods, and brought the tribe prosperity and fortune. After he got old, the tribe thought he couldn't do his job properly anymore so they chase him out of the village into the forest in the deep night of the new moon some shitty ageism right there i know bullshit bullshit it was so dark he got lost and died but because the god of the forest liked him so much his soul was given a second life as the being we now know as the bone man he punishes those who disrespect the forest and its inhabitants including him with bad fortune which is the reason why you have to make way for him A hunter that only hunted out of fun and left the killed animals in the forest, for example, got bitten by a fox and broke both his arms the next time he walked in. Uh Uh-oh. Wow. Now to my experience with him. I was on my way from the village one of my aunts lives in back to my great uncle's village through the forest. It got late and I got lost. And like the complete genius I maybe sometimes still am, I had forgotten my phone and had only a lighter as a source of light. Oh, boy. This is giving me such vibes of the Netflix series Dark, which, guys, is so fucked up that I could not make it through more than one episode. My sister loves it, and I tried so hard, and I was like, girl, this is a hard no for me. Hard Is no. that show also German? It is German. It's very German. It's one of the... I think it might be 
the one of the best shows on Netflix. It's yeah. definitely one of the best shows on Netflix. It might be the best show on Netflix if you're into like spooky time travel, spooky stuff. Okay. It's like Nordic noir plus Lost or something. Like it's, sure. it's very. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of intersections. Also, the casting is unbelievable because they go through different time periods and they cast different people in each time period and they all look exactly like older or younger versions of those people. Yes, no doubt a quality show. But my text to my sister as I watched the first episode was just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And she was just laughing at me. It's a lot. And I, yeah, I I couldn't do it. All right, but here we are. I tried walking in the direction I thought my great uncle's house was. Suddenly, I heard the rattling of bones behind me. So I said, bone man, bone man, please go ahead of me. I won't cross your way. The rattling moved from behind me to the left, but still a bit behind me. And I heard a rusty, deep voice silently ask, path? My gut told me not to turn around, so I just answered, yes, I lost my path, but I should find it again. Please go ahead. I won't cross your way. As friendly and clearly as I could, without shitting my pants. Mm, mm. He rattled around me just out of the little bit of my surroundings my lighter illuminated. So I'm, I think like just outside of the of the place that they could see. Yes. If it was D&D, there would be like five foot dim mm-hmm. light or something. Exactly. After a minute or so, I couldn't hear him anymore and slowly walked in the direction I was facing, which was also the direction he had gone in. After a few minutes, I almost stepped on something that I thought was a stick, but then realized were bones formed in the shape of an arrow. Good. Oh, like a nice, like a like a nice wayfinding helper. Uh huh. Even though I was afraid, I had a feeling that I should follow them. After doing so, I found another Ooh. arrow that led me to another. After three more bone arrows, they finally led me right to my great uncle's house. Very kind, but very creepy. I think your uncle's the bone man. Your uncle might be the bone man. This might be another bloody bone situation where instead of a grandpa jumping out of a tree, it's your uncle being like, I'm going to put some creepy arrows made out of bones. See, Julia, grandparents can't be old because if you remember from Bloody Bones, a grandpa jumped out of a tree. So like, (laughs) grandparents can't be young and and, and spry. That man was like 90 something though when they sent that email. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe the great uncle was just like very glad that he was getting a visitor and wanted to ha- wanted to provide, you know, an experience that was, you know, a little bit memorable, but still positive in terms of getting lost in the woods. Ah, uh, yes. If I have grandchildren, I'm going to make the memorable experience of leaving bones out for them. Maybe he's just a very messy chicken wing e- eater. <laughs> but they, they fall so perfectly into arrows. Very lucky. That's incredible. I mean, that would definitely explain the bone outfit. Mm-hmm. You got to have your supplies on you. Yeah. All right. Well, um, as I was about to leave the forest, I heard a familiar rattling of bones. I didn't turn around, but I just said, thank you very much. He hummed a melody that I interpreted as his answer and went backward into the forest. When I later told my great uncle, he told me that this happened to my great great grandmother and great great grandfather after a date. And this was two of only four times where the bone man talked to those he helped. Apparently, he sometimes does help people like him that got lost in the forest so they don't suffer the same fate and show them a path. As thanks for him bringing me home, we left him a bottle of beer from the local brewery and a bowl of strawberries out of the garden of my great aunt and ate and drunk the same when we got back to the house. I love that little twist. I love leaving the offering and then enjoying the same meal. That's nice. So my question is, if you were on a date, okay, say this is probably sometime in the 1800s if it's this person's great, great grandparents, you're on a date with your future, you know, spouse and you are walking through the forest and then you're you come across the creepy bone man mm-hmm. this creepy bone man are you gonna go on other dates or is this just the end of this is the end of the relationship oh this is a huge bonding moment as far as i'm concerned yeah and you get to see if your potential partner is courteous to spirits which i think is very important yeah 
You know what? I say that now, and then I remember that I've told the story of the man in the hat, in the trench coat with the dog, and the fact that it was Jake and I in the car at that time. So uh, never mind. I get it. Never mind. I think it could be a very good omen, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, in the morning, only the bowl was still there and it was empty. And as I walked the same way the bone man led me the night before, because I had to get my phone back, they clarify, <laughs> I saw that a few branches, only a few feet from where I had walked, were broken and footprints were leading to the exact same spot I heard him from when I thanked him at the end of the journey. It seems like he was watching over me that whole way. A few weeks later, by the way, a group of archaeologists visited the village because they found a cave with Neolithic tools that suggested there was indeed a village, and that cave may indeed have been the place where the shaman held rituals. This Neolithic village was partially under the village that my great-uncle now lives in. It is now the belief that this was the village that Bowman came from, and to this day, the Bowman is sometimes heard when people wander the forest at night. No, 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 no. Hate that, hate that. And Dom did offer to send us a six-pack of the beer that they gave the Boneman. So listen, we'd be very into that. I would be very into that. The international shipping costs would probably be very expensive, so don't worry about it. No but. worries if not. However, if it ever were to happen, you know, if nothing else, have one in our honor. But uh, damn, loved it. Love that. Oh my goodness. What a good way to go out. Thank you very much. Well, I, I'm, I'm happy to give us our, our amuse-bouche and our dessert, uh, our digestif. Um, num, num. And uh, damn, I'm just going to be thinking about that aswang drool for uh, a good few weeks. I had forgotten about it. I didn't <laughs> want to think about it anymore. But the bones. I'll think about the bones. I won't want to think about the drool. Just, I think when you're going out, ask yourself, you know, what are my non-bone items of clothing that I'm going to wear today? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that's true. It's always a deerskin. Always a deerskin. Well, uh, thanks everyone for writing in. We love you very much. And remember, stay creepy. Stay cool. Especially if you're a ghost hunting grandma. You're already so cool. You're good. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us in your urban legends and your advice from folklore questions at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, for all kinds of behind-the-scenes goodies. Just a dollar gets you access to audio extras with so much more, like recipe cards, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic, for every single episode, director's commentaries, real physical gifts, and more. We are a founding member of Multitude, an independent podcast collective and production studio. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. Above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please text one friend about us. That's the very best way to help keep us growing. Thanks for listening to Spirits. We'll see you next week. Bye.